A listener note, this podcast deals with adult topics and is not suitable for young listeners. In 2016, more than 1,800 women were murdered by men in single victim or single offender incidents submitted to the FBI, and 85% of them were murdered by a man they knew. Of the 1,809 women killed, 962 were wives, ex-wives, or current girlfriends. In today's episode, I'm sharing the story of the disappearance and murder of Kelsey Barrett. I'm Brooke Wilkerson. This is the Murder Podcast. And this is her story. In this week's episode, we're moving out of Bartstown, Kentucky, and talking about a murder that took place in Colorado in 2018, the disappearance and murder of Kelsey Barrett. The young mom disappeared after Thanksgiving that year and remained missing for months. Kelsey's fiancé, Patrick Frazee, would later be convicted, along with another surprising suspect. Kelsey was described as being a loving, quiet woman, enthralled with her role as a mother. At 29 years old, she had worked hard her entire life to become a pilot and at the time was a pilot instructor. She took a leap of faith in 2016 when she moved to Colorado to be with Patrick, whom she met online. Patrick was a 33-year-old farrier who ran a cattle ranch. Even as their relationship became strained, Kelsey tried to create a life and a family with Patrick. Meanwhile, Patrick was spreading lies about Kelsey to his friends and family. Although Kelsey and Patrick were engaged and had a child together, they had never lived together, according to Kelsey's mom, Cheryl Lee Barrett. A friend of Patrick's would later tell Inside Edition that Kelsey and Patrick's relationship was mostly positive. He said, like most relationships, it has its ups and downs, but for the most part, it's a good relationship. In 2017, Patrick and Kelsey welcomed a baby girl into the world named Kaylee, and it was after Kaylee's birth that their relationship seemed to head in the wrong direction. Kelsey's mother, Cheryl, stated that Patrick's behavior changed immediately after Kaylee was born. Apparently, there was some complications after the birth, and Kaylee had to be taken for treatment right away. Cheryl says that Patrick became so upset and verbally abusive with the nurses that social services was actually called. His reaction to this caused Kaylee to be removed from Patrick and Kelsey's care until a safety evaluation could be done to determine if Kelsey was being physically abused by Patrick. Cheryl said that Patrick later told her that he could have killed the nurse who reported him. On Sunday, December 2nd, Kelsey's mother Cheryl reports Kelsey is missing. Cheryl had been unable to get a hold of Kelsey since Thanksgiving, and when she reached out to Patrick, he told her a story. Patrick tells Cheryl that Kelsey and he had broken up on Thanksgiving, but that Kelsey had agreed to share custody of Kaylee 50-50. 
He tells her that when he sent her a text later and she didn't respond, he just assumed that she had put her phone on Do Not Disturb so that she could study. When Cheryl tried to get more information out of Patrick, he allegedly told her that Kelsey may have flown somewhere with a friend or a co-worker. Apparently, Patrick grew frustrated with Cheryl and told her that he had had enough and wasn't going to deal with things anymore. Cheryl insists that if Kelsey had gone on a trip, that she would have notified her family. She told reporters that Kelsey loves her God, she loves her family and friends, and she loves her job. She's reliable, considerate, and honest. She doesn't run off, and someone knows where she's at. Officers were sent to Kelsey's home, where they found her car, clothes, and toothbrush, all seemingly untouched, and didn't show any signs of her gone for a trip. The family and police started making public pleas for information about Kelsey's whereabouts. They created a Facebook page and held vigils, praying for Kelsey's safe return. Shortly after Thanksgiving, investigators would later discover that Patrick had received texts from Kelsey's phone. He received normal texts from Kelsey, checking in on their daughter, talking about how she was feeling. But then on November 24th, he receives a text from Kelsey that says, If this is what you truly want, I'll respect your wishes and give you space. Let me know if you change your mind. I'll leave you alone now. You can call me when you decide what you want to do. But the text didn't stop then. The very next day, he receives another text from Kelsey saying, Do you even love me? Patrick responds with, Why would I bend over backwards and stand behind you through everything if I didn't? So to answer your question, yes, I do. Detectives realize that Kelsey was last seen on Thanksgiving around 1230, where video footage at a Safeway supermarket shows her grocery shopping with Kaylee, who was one at the time. They also learned that on Sunday, November 25th, Kelsey's boss received texts from her phone saying that she wouldn't be at work for the next week. Detectives later discovered that Kelsey's phone pinged from a tower in Gooding, Idaho, about 600 miles away from her home. While the search is ongoing, Patrick appears to be cooperating with police. His lawyer told reporters that Patrick had voluntarily released his phone to be searched and provided cheek swabs for DNA samples. But on December 14th, it becomes apparent that police believe Patrick may be involved in her disappearance after they executed a search warrant on his home, a 35-acre ranch. They cut the lock on his gate, and more than 75 officers participated in the search that they said could take several days. The details of the search warrant were not made available to the public. Patrick's lawyer made another statement, letting the media know that he had advised Patrick to refrain from any interviews. On December 16th, the Woodland Park Police Department announced that a $25,000 reward for information about Kelsey's whereabouts was available and had been donated by an anonymous person. Then, on December 21st, seemingly out of the blue, Patrick is arrested and charged with murder and solicitation to commit murder. Woodland Park Police Chief said at a press conference that Kelsey was not believed to be alive. This came as a shock since they had yet to find Kelsey's body and little information had been released. Little Kaylee, who had remained in Patrick's custody during this time, was placed in protective custody and then later reunited with Kelsey's family. Kelsey's family were eventually granted temporary custody, but are now currently locked in a custody battle with Patrick's parents. Surprisingly, on December 31st, when Patrick was formally charged, he was charged with two counts of murder. Those two counts represented the two different theories of how Kelsey was murdered. One was for deliberation of murder, and the other was for felony murder. 
As most of you know, I've been on a health and fitness journey for the last year or so, and I've lost about 40 pounds so far. Nonetheless, I still hate veggies, and I struggle to get in the veggies that I know my body needs. So being me, I tried out a greens drink mix that I grabbed impulsively from the store, and it tasted like straight up alfalfa, or at least what I think alfalfa tastes like. I guess really it tasted like the smell of alfalfa. Anywho, I threw the whole expensive container away after one try. So when a friend recommended a green supplement to me, I was a little skeptical given my alfalfa experience, but I saw so many people raving about how good it was and decided to give it a try. And what do you know? They were right. It is so good. And my favorite way to take it is to do a dry scoop every morning followed by a swig of water. The best part is that there are no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners, and they're made by a single mom who created her own line after losing a ton of weight by simply eating healthy. She also has her own collagen and pre-workout mixes available. So if you want to check it out, go to mpbsups.com, that's m-p-b-s-u-p-p-s.com, and use my code Brooke to get a discount. Be sure to check out her Instagram, myadventuretofit. On January 3rd, there's a surprising announcement that another suspect may be involved in Kelsey's disappearance and murder. The suspect was an Idaho nurse named Crystal Jean Kenny. Crystal was 32 at the time and a former Miss Magic Valley Stampede queen, a rodeo queen. She was married but had filed for divorce in 2016 and she was a mom of two. Patrick and Crystal had met at a rodeo over a decade ago. They had dated briefly and broke up in 2007, but stayed in contact. Later, Crystal would blame Patrick for pulling her out of her marriage by manipulating her into believing that they could have a family together and telling her that she was the one who got away. Crystal would testify that in 2008, Patrick gifted her with a puppy, and when she went to pick it up, Patrick had given her the ultimatum of choosing to be with him or a man that she was dating at the time. She left with a puppy and decided to continue dating that man, who would later become her husband. Months later, Patrick demanded that she either give the puppy back or pay him for it, and when she refused, he threatened to drive to her home in Idaho and kill it. After that, the two didn't speak until the day before Crystal's wedding in 2010, when Patrick left her a voicemail begging her not to go through with the wedding. Crystal didn't listen, and she got married that day. Crystal and Patrick didn't speak again until 2015, when Crystal admits that she was going through a rough patch with her husband. The romantic feelings surfaced, and Crystal began considering divorcing her husband to be with Patrick. In 2016, Crystal learned that she was pregnant with Patrick's child. She was surprised when Patrick was not only not happy about the pregnancy, but also suggested that she get an abortion, which she did. The two kept in contact, and Crystal would frequently visit him at his ranch, but Patrick never told her about his relationship with Kelsey or even about his daughter, Kaylee. Crystal testified that she found out about them from someone else, and she was shocked. For some reason, Crystal didn't confront him about this for months, and when she did, Patrick told her that Kelsey was an abusive alcoholic. He told Crystal that Kelsey had slammed the little girl's arm in the fridge and burned her with a flat iron. When Crystal told him to contact CPS, he told her that he already had, but they didn't do anything to help. 
In February, Crystal pleads guilty to one count of felony evidence tampering after agreeing to testify against Patrick. It was determined that she had destroyed evidence related to Kelsey's disappearance between November 24th and 25th. In a statement read at a press conference, Crystal had told detectives that she learned that Patrick had committed homicide on Thanksgiving Day and that since she knew that law enforcement would be investigating, she moved Kelsey's phone, hoping to throw the investigation off. Part of her plea deal is that she cannot speak to the media and she will be sentenced in January of 2020. But she is only facing a maximum of three years in prison. So what was the motive behind Patrick killing Kelsey? On February 15th, the wrongful death lawsuit that Kelsey's parents had filed claimed that he had committed the murder because he wanted full custody of their daughter, Kaylee. Prosecutors speculated during the trial that maybe he didn't want to pay child support or didn't want to risk Kelsey moving out of state with Kaylee, but they admitted that they couldn't narrow down the motive. Prosecutors alleged that Patrick had beaten Kelsey to death with a baseball bat. He did this after his attempts to get Crystal to kill her didn't work out. Patrick tried to convince Crystal that Kelsey was not just an abusive mother to Kaylee, but that she was also a drug addict. Since Crystal was a nurse, he attempted to get her to steal drugs that could be used to kill Kelsey with the idea of poisoning her coffee. Apparently, Crystal did try to deliver on this plan. She told authorities that after Patrick gave her Kelsey's address, that she showed up at Kelsey's home, knocked on the door, and lied about who she was. She pretended to be a new neighbor, introducing herself with Starbucks coffee in hand. Patrick had instructed her to try to get close to Kelsey, suggesting that they schedule a play date, and Crystal gave Kelsey her phone number, which was actually a burner phone, something that Patrick had suggested. Although she had the narcotics on her that day, she ended up not poisoning Kelsey's coffee as planned and said that she couldn't follow through with it, which apparently angered Patrick. Patrick tried several more times to develop a plan where Crystal could kill Kelsey for him. Crystal had made another trip to Kelsey's home with the intention of killing her with a baseball bat, but when she arrived, she discovered that Kelsey was not alone and she couldn't follow through with their plans this time either. After a couple more failed attempts to get to Kelsey's home, Patrick decided to just kill Kelsey himself. Although Crystal wasn't involved in the actual murder, she was involved in the cover-up and clearly knew about Patrick's intentions beforehand. Patrick sent Crystal to Kelsey's apartment two days after the murder, telling her that she had a mess to clean up. He also directed her to search for a missing tooth of Kelsey's, and she did just that. Crystal testified that she had spent hours cleaning up the apartment, which she said was horrific. She also stated that she had found one of Kelsey's teeth and disposed of it. But Crystal said she drew the line at helping Patrick dispose of Kelsey's body and stood by as Patrick took care of it. Patrick had stuffed Kelsey's body into a black tote bag and left it in a stack of hay while he celebrated Thanksgiving with his family. He later returned and burned Kelsey's body in a water trough on his property. According to police, Crystal's description of the horrific crime scene was accurate. Kelsey's mom, Cheryl, had told investigators early on that there was a suspicious stain on Kelsey's toilet, which prompted them to test her home. Investigators found blood everywhere, in her toilet, bathtub, a trash can, the walls, the floor, a towel rack, the vanity, and even an electrical outlet. They would later remove planks of the wood flooring in her house that showed blood in the cracks as well. During the trial, an alarming picture was painted of Patrick. 
One of his good friends named Joseph Moore took the stand and told them that Patrick had said to him, I figured out a way to kill her. No body, no crime, right? So that's two people that we've heard from who knew that Patrick was at least fantasizing about killing Kelsey and neither one of them ever reported him to the police, Kelsey, or her family. Another person, a customer of his, testified that Patrick had told her that he just wanted to raise Kaylee without Kelsey and that he just wanted her gone so that he could raise Kaylee with someone else. Crystal testified that she went along with Patrick's request to clean up the crime scene out of fear. She drove more than 12 hours from her home to clean up the scene and watch Patrick burn Kelsey's body. She testified that Patrick had told Kelsey they were going to play a game. He blindfolded her, and then he had her guess the scent of several different candles. Then, while blindfolded, he hit her in the head with a baseball bat. The most horrifying part of Kelsey's brutal murder is that one-year-old Kaylee was present the entire time in a playpen in the next room. During trial, Crystal was asked if Patrick had told her what Kelsey's last words were. Crystal paused and said her last words were, Please stop. It took less than four hours for the jury to deliberate, and in November of 2019, Patrick Frazee was found guilty of all six charges and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, plus 156 years. As it turns out, you can still have a crime without a body. Crystal is scheduled to be sentenced on January 28th of this year. Her attorney has requested two hours for sentencing, as she would like to show a video and call several witnesses to the stand in her defense. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to hear more full-length episodes, mini-episodes, and more, then check out the Murder Podcast Patreon fan club. Not only will you be getting bonus content, but a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Check it out at patreon.com slash themurderpodcast, and I'll also link it in the show notes. Kelsey's family is understandably disappointed in Crystal's plea deal, stating that it was too lenient and that she did everything but swing the bat. But District Attorney Dan May said that her testimony was crucial to the case and they had to make a deal with the devil. Kelsey's mother said in a statement that Patrick's sentence has brought them peace of mind. The family had lived in fear of retaliation ever since their daughter's disappearance. For months, Kelsey's parents didn't sleep. They spent days apart early in the investigation as one parent traveled to Colorado and the other stayed behind, in hopes that Kelsey would show up. Not only were they concerned about their own well-being, but that of Kaylee's. And they were right to be concerned about their safety, because during trial, an inmate affiliated with a gang testified that Patrick had solicited him to help eliminate potential witnesses in his case, including Crystal, her parents, her soon-to-be ex-husband, her best friend, and even the district attorney. Apparently, Patrick would slide notes to the inmate with details about who he wanted eliminated, and in some cases, how. In one note, he wrote, they all need to disappear until after the trial. In another note, he wrote, I'd really like to see Crystal with a bullet in her head. No video, no weapon, no body, no forensics. Patrick had instructed the inmate to flush these notes down the toilet after he read them, but the inmate kept them instead, and they were presented during trial, where it appeared to be Patrick's handwriting. He promised the inmate that he would take care of him financially when he was released. 
In one of the prisoner notes, he gives the inmate his mom's cell phone number and instructs the inmate to have her call him after the hits are completed and to say something like, all the horses are taken care of, or the elk hunt was successful, which makes you wonder if Patrick's mom would have been okay with this. To this day, neither Kelsey's body nor the murder weapon has been found, but with the amount of blood discovered at Kelsey's home, along with five of her teeth and a bloody sheet, investigators had enough to presume her dead. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find all of the show notes and more information about this podcast at themurderpodcast.com. That's the murder, M-H-E-R-D-E-R, podcast.com. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, please contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or online at thehotline.org.